You are listening to Preaching and Teaching on the Man of God Network of Podcasts. This resource combines expositional sermons and lectures from the classroom of Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary to help equip listeners for the work of the ministry. All right, uh, the, the last section is, is Fuller, the homiletician. Uh, he formalized his understanding of preaching. He does this at the end of the Gospel Worthy in talking about how preachers should address sinners. He does this in his letters on systematic divinity. Uh, when he talks, uh, he encourages doctrinal preaching that proceeded in a Christ-centered way. But in his thoughts on, on preaching... Uh, the first thing that he does with is he deals with expounding the scripture. He says there are two tasks of a minister. One he calls expounding the scripture. In the other he calls discoursing on divine subjects. So what he's talking about there is, is just a straightforward exegetical approach to certain texts of scripture. Do an expository reading of scripture like Spurgeon did. Taking a whole chapter, he said, or a half chapter and reading it and making expository comments so people will understand the whole flow of Scripture and the context of all the verses. But then he said also you must discourse on divine subjects. You shouldn't isolate your preaching just to, to taking passages of Scripture and just, and just preaching through them. Sometimes you need to synthesize and organize so you should preach on the deity of Christ. You should preach on substitutionary atonement. You should preach on the Trinity. Now, all of these things are going to arise within the exegesis you do, but sometimes people need to see that there is a coherence within Scripture, there is a consistency, and you can bring all of these words of Scripture about these subjects together, and you can make a discourse upon the subject. <clears throat> uh, he talks about sermons. What should sermons be? Uh, the subject matter of them. We should be informed by the examples of preaching in the scripture itself to keep from being overly influenced by the concerns of the day or by one's own immaturity. He listed several examples from the New Testament stating the urgency of what should be preached and concluded. And, he, and he, he, he looked at all of these different sermons in the New Testament. He says, every one of the foregoing passages contains an epitome of the gospel ministry. Uh, and he, he showed how that these, all of these texts contained what he called an epitome of the gospel ministry, a, a particular central focus of what should be the main concern of the gospel ministry. These are the things that should be present in all of your sermons. In every sermon, he says, we should have an errand and one of such importance that if it be received or complied with, will issue in eternal salvation. Every sermon should contain a portion of the doctrine of salvation by the death of Christ. A sermon may be ingenious, it may be eloquent, but a want of the doctrine of the cross is a defect which no pulpit excellence can supply. He does not encourage a fastidious attention to making the cross the immediate subject of every discourse, 
so as to ignore the many topics introduced in the book of divine revelation, but he does encourage the preacher to recognize that no discourse can be merely about duty or merely about an attribute of God without introducing the relation of the cross of Christ to every biblical idea. Then that goes along with the way he wanted to do his, his systematic theology had he been able to complete it. All I mean to say is that there is a relation between these subjects and the doctrine of the cross. If we would introduce them in a truly evangelical manner, it requires to be in that relation. Uh, the third thing that he deals with is uh, the composition of the sermon. He gives advice about preparing spiritually first and then studying so as to get the best grasp on the text. He suggests several ways of breaking up a text into manageable and memorable parts. He suggests getting a firm grasp of it yourself before you go to any commentaries or any other sermons on it. If they are better than yours, then sure, change and, and go for what is better. But most of the times he thinks if you've done a good job of studying yourself, you're going to see them only prov to provide certain illustrations or certain expansions. Uh, if you are corrected, that's fine, be corrected. But, but, but learn yourself first what the text means. And then the fifth part is the abuse of allegory in preaching. Um, whether you <clears throat> turn plain historical facts into, whether you turn, when you, whether when you turn plain historical facts into allegory, you treat the word of God with becoming reverence. You must ask yourself that question. Can you seriously think the scriptures be a book of riddles and conundrums that a Christian minister is properly to be employed in giving scope to his fancy in order to discover their solution. He says, well, his final point on this is, would not an unconverted hearer, when comparing the text to the interpretation, consider the entire book a joining of fables disconnected from any true historical meaning? Would such a one fall down and say that truly God is among you? Or would he conclude that you're mad? filled with vain imaginations and that you are void of truth and good sense. Okay, well, that's all I have to say about Fuller. Now, any, any questions? Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Preaching and Teaching, brought to you by Covenant Baptist Theological Seminary. CBTS is a confessional Reformed Baptist seminary which provides affordable online theological education to help the church in its calling to train faithful men for the gospel ministry. To learn more, visit cbtseminary.org.